we will tr try and keep you here as long as possible because it's, we want you to experience the cold weather, but at the same time we want to, you to experience the warmth of the Lord's grace in our midst as well. Welcome one and all. May we really just be, be blessed in the presence of the Lord and just encouraged as we worship together. Yeah, the, the seats are empty this morning. I don't know what's happening. Eh? Most of the guys, everybody's busy. Some probably just avoiding the cold this morning. Eh? But uh, we thank the Lord for, for those who are here. And the Lord has something to say to each one of us. And uh, may you really just speak into our lives and may we be challenged and encouraged at the same time. Lord bless you all. Thank you, one and all, for being here. Let's just also, at this time, just continue to pray for some of our folks. I think of uh, David. Let's continue to pray for David. Continue to pray for, for Janet, Elvira, we know, and, uh, and uh, some of our folk that are really battling at the moment. Let's just, let's just pray together. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of just being in your, your house today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of just being here for you, Lord, to meet with us and to really bless us and encourage us and build us up. Today, Lord, as we look to you and as we commit ourselves to you, we pray that you will direct us and lead us today. Lord, in a very special way. We honor you for the way in which you work in our lives and thank you for this past week that you've carried us through. Lord, there's been challenges that we had to face. There has been challenges that we had to deal with, but Lord, you came through for us. Every time, Lord, you came through for us. And as we look back now, Lord, we can, we can just say, without a doubt, Lord, you are faithful. Without a doubt, your grace is sufficient for us. Without a doubt, Lord, you are there for us all the time. And Father, we pray that as we focus on that and we look at that, Lord, and realize that, that we will allow you to have your way with us in order for us to really live for you and, and please you in every way. Lord, there's some of our folk who are really battling with their health. We think of David at this time, we pray that you will just be an encouragement to him. Be with Elvira too, Lord. Thank you for Elvira and uh, thank you for them as a couple and we pray that you will just reach out to them. You will be in that home today, Lord, and you will minister to them and uh, that you will just be their strength and their sufficiency. Father, we pray for Janet that you'll be with her. Thank you that she is getting stronger and stronger and we pray that you will just encourage her and, Lord, that she will hold on to you and just keep her eyes focused and fixed on you, Lord, that during this time. Thank you for your faithfulness to them as a family. Thank you for the Otter family, Lord, and we pray that you will bless each one of them, Lord, and uh, encourage them during this time. Lord, we think of others who have, been, uh, who have lost loved ones. We think of Althea, and, uh, Lord, we just pray that you will encourage her today, Lord. You will, you will just be with them as a family, Lord, and be their comfort during this time. And then there are so many of us, Lord, that are facing challenges. Won't you just, Lord, this day, confirm that you are there to carry us and to keep us. 
And we pray now, Lord, that even as your word will come to us, that we, you will minister to us powerfully and you will speak into our lives, Lord, and that we will, Lord, seek to put you first in everything we do. Bless, our, bless this word, Lord, and I pray for your fresh anointing to come upon me. And Lord, as I proclaim your unsearchable riches, Lord, that you, Lord, will be exalted. You will be honored. Thank you, Father, for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Right, uh, we were still busy with Matthew chapter 6. We should have, we were supposed to do all of that last week, but we could not, uh, and I'm happy that we didn't. So we're focusing on the eye. Now we have an eye specialist here this morning, but, uh, <laughs> but we thank the Lord that we, we can focus on this year, this morning, and uh, let's just look at this and, uh, and really realize that we need to focus, really realize, how do you like that for English, that we need to focus, um, be focused on, on, on what the Lord has waiting for us and what he has in store for us. But let's read from verses 22. We're only going to read verse 22 and 23. We all know the meaning of verse 24. But so let's, let's just read verse 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of Darkness. Isn't that true? Eh? We need healthy eyes, eh? <laughs> if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And let's read verse 24 as well. No one can serve two masters either. He will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So far may God bless the reading of his precious word and the, well the title this morning is fine-tune. What do you see? Are we trapped? You, you probably have that in your notes there. Are we trapped in our limited ability to only see our circumstances in the natural today? You only see your circumstances in the natural. Is the impossible staring us down or staring us, you know, staring us down in a contest of woes this morning? Are we physically incapable of seeing the bigger picture? Do we focus on our problems and our own lack of abilities to overcome them? Or do we focus on how big? Yes, how big? <laughs> you know, I wonder how some others would say the word big. But how big and how enormous God is and his ability to overcome anything in our lives. Do we realize how big he really is? And we're going to, as we look at the eye, we will realize how big he really is. Do you know how complex the human eye is? The human eye is capable of absorbing 10 million pieces of information each and every second. Human eye. There are 120 million rods in the human eye that detect even the faintest of light in a dark room or even in a cave, dark cave. The eye has six to seven million cones. 
that have process, color, and detail. It has been said that cameras and computers are becoming more and more advanced, which is true. However, it has been said that it would take over 100 years for a computer to process one second of human vision from all of the optical nerve cells in the human world. <laughs> or, or, or rather in the human eye. What could I say? How could I say human world? Eh? Human eye. Eh? The human eye is incredibly, I want you to realize here this morning, the human eye is incredibly complex. And it's truly a gift from God. Do you realize that your eyes are a gift from God? It's absolutely amazing. And what we are, we're not even, we're just touching the surface in terms of the human eye here this morning. But it's, you know, it's, it's what a gift from God it really is. What would we be able to do without eyes? You tell me. What do you think we'd be able to do? Absolutely nothing. Isn't it true? Perhaps something, but how effective would it be? We live, though, in a world that has lost its moral compass. We must remember that. We live in a world that has lost its moral compass. The line between right and wrong, truth and a lie, have become blurred. Do you hear the word? It become blurred. And this kind of thinking is what we call relativism. Relativism says anything goes. Everything, there's no rights, there are no wrongs, everything, anything goes. And this is the world that our, our, our children are growing up in. And this is the world that we are living in at the moment. What you see, though, affects who you become. Your eyes shape your heart to love light or to love darkness. We need to change and break out of our narrow, limited, selfish vision and get our focus back on the Lord today. Won't you get your focus back on Him today? And this is what we're talking about, about I being about the eye. Yeah. And first of all, when we think of the eyes, He, the Lord, wants us to look for His direction. Are you looking for his direction this morning? As you think of the Lord and where he is leading you, are you looking for his direction? Or is it an, another direction that you are focused on? Uh, this is 22a. Sometimes we are fighting against the very thing God is trying to use to protect us from potential disaster. Isn't it true? How many times haven't you and I fought against that, what the Lord is, uh, you know, uh, trying to direct us to. We hit roadblock after roadblock, one disappointment after the other, not realizing it is our chance to turn around and get it right with the Lord. Sometimes the straightest line, they say, between A and B, it's not the route God chooses for us. Are we sensitive to that? Do we see it? Sometimes we think this is the way it should be. And the Lord says, uh-uh. I've got something better for you. 
And we still don't think it is better. Isn't it true? But in Numbers 22, let's go there. Let's go to Numbers 22 and see what it is. Numbers 22, we find Balaam in an uproar with his donkey. How do you like that? A man in an uproar with his donkey. Have you ever been in, up, in, a, in an uproar with an animal? Huh? He was not just beating it. He was having a verbal argument with an animal. How do you like that? A verbal argument. Eh? Eh? My goodness. Eh? <laughs> the donkey saw what was on the path ahead and knew death awaited Balaam if he continued in the direction he was going. As hard as the donkey tried, a donkey, as hard as the donkey tried to turn Balaam in the other direction, Balaam refused. We can read it there in Numbers 22. Not even a talking donkey was enough to get Balaam to his senses or to bring him to his senses. Not even a talking donkey. Now I want to ask you, what is enough? What is enough to get us to the place where we totally submit to the authority and lordship of Christ. When is it enough? But finally, we know about Balaam. Finally, God opened his eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Verses 31 to 33, you can read about it there in Numbers 22. God was intervening on behalf of Balaam. Had he kept going, he would have been killed. We know that. Balaam knew he should not be on that road to begin with. You can, you can just go back and read the chapter. He knew he was not supposed to be on that road. <laughs> But God was giving him a chance, an opportunity to turn around. I don't know what it is that you are facing this morning, what it is you are stubborn and rebellious about. I do not know what the issue is in your life this morning. The Lord is still giving you and I a chance to turn around. Are you willing to turn around this morning? The Lord has a plan and purpose to, for each one of us and a way that is better than what we can conceive or even imagine. But we must allow him to open our eyes and look for his direction. No, not our own direction, his direction. When the Lord takes us on a divinely ordered detour, there is always a purpose. Maybe you are on a divinely ordered detour. Sometimes our detours are of our own choices. But maybe this morning you are on a divinely ordered detour. There's always purpose behind that. Maybe there's some excess baggage that you need to deal with. Maybe there are some precious truths that you need to pick up and learn on this journey, learn about. 
When God changes our direction, he is very often changing us. It's not about others, it's about us. Isn't it true? We want others to change. And many times the Lord is saying, I want you to change. You change. You change your perspective on things. If there is anything that is keeping you from seeing clearly with your spiritual eyes, this morning, clear it out. Clear it out. When you, when you wake up in the morning, you know that, eh? When you wake up in the morning, you cannot see clearly because you have, you know, there's no other word. I think all of us use this word. You have gunk in your eyes. Isn't it true? <laughs> Some substance in your eyes. That's, that's, a, that's a better English word, a substance. But you have gunk in your eyes, eh? You rub your eyes, eh? isn't it true? You clear up your eyes so you can see. So also with our spiritual eyes. We must clear out the gunk or the junk. Maybe that's a better word. Eh? We must clear out the gunk so that we can see clearly and focus clearly on where we are going. What is the spiritual gunk? that is keeping you from seeing clearly this morning. Perhaps it's some friends that you have. They, they're not good friends for you. They're not good company. They're not even helping you and establishing you in the faith. Perhaps it's your own pride. Perhaps it's your own arrogance. Perhaps it's apathy. In other words, indifference to the things of the Lord. Perhaps it's an addiction. An addiction to drugs, alcohol, or whatever. Maybe it's an addiction for acceptance. All of us want to be accepted, isn't it true? And you are addicted. I want to be accepted. You try everything to get the attention of others. Whatever it is, this morning, get the gunk out. Get it out, whatever the gunk is. Eh? Why, why is everybody so quiet here this morning? Eh? Are you listening? Get the gunk out. Get it out so you can see. What is it that you need to see this morning? Get it out. A hungry tiger started tracking the aroma of a deer, the scent, in other words, of a deer. The aroma, let's use it, that's a better word, the aroma of a deer. And as he followed the deer, he came across the aroma of a rabbit. He turned aside and started after the rabbit. Then he, were, he detected, he was distracted rather by the, aro the aroma of a mouse. My goodness, if you get distracted by the aroma of a mouse, how do you catch that mouse? Eh? He was distracted by the aroma of a mouse and started following the mouse. He finally came to the hole into which the mouse vanished. He ended the day hungrier than he started the day. This illustrates how many spend their lives distracted by this, distracted by that, distracted by so many things. And at the, at the end of the day, we have accomplished nothing. Isn't that right? What is it that is distracting you this morning and keeping you from fulfilling God's destiny and God's vision? for your life. You see, 
You are either a Jonah. And I ask you this morning, are you like Jonah? Running in the wrong direction. Jonah 1 verse 3. Running in the wrong direction. You are either running from God or running to God. My, may this be the thing that is happening in your life. You're running to Him. You're either running from God, running to, to God, or you're running with Him. Run with the Lord. Or you're running ahead of Him. Are you running ahead of the Lord this morning? Have you been running ahead of the Lord because you have not been focused? on His purposes for your life. Yes. Do you ever think that we could talk about the eye like this, eh? <laughs> yes, we need to fine-tune our focus this morning. But secondly, He also wants us to catch a glimpse of the bigger picture. There's light out there. There's clarity out there for you and I. He wants us to see the bigger picture. It may seem like the whole world is against you this morning, or against your spouse, or against your child, or against your family, or against what you've been trusting the Lord for. But God has an army that far outnumbers the enemy. If the Lord is calling you into a new position or raising you up to take a stand, you will face opposition. But God's army is greater. And we know the verse. You have it there, 2 Kings 6 verse 15. Don't be afraid. Those who are with you are more than those who are, are not with you. Basically, that's what the verse says. Or, or those who are against you. Sometimes we are battling on someone else's behalf. And I want to say this to you as parents and to you as believers. Yes, and you as, as young people, as you are battling on behalf of your parents, for your parents, even for their salvation, for young pe your parents, for your, for your kids' salvation, and for, for them to experience the very best that the Lord has for them. Sometimes we are battling on someone else's behalf. And we've prayed and prayed and stood in the gap for, 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 for our children. We've prayed and prayed and stood in the gap about this situation. And it looks like the enemy is just closing up, closing in on them, closing in on you. You don't give up. You never give up. You continue to trust the Lord. You continue to press through, to push through. You continue to hold on to His promises. Never give up. Never, ever, for a moment, say, hey, I've done enough. We could never do enough. And I want to say this to us as parents. Never stop praying for your children. Never stop praying. Don't take things for granted and say they are okay. They are never okay without your prayers, without you standing in the gap for them. No matter how well they are doing in life, no matter what is happening, you keep praying for them. And I want to say this to you as young men and young ladies, one day you will understand when you are parents as well. 
you keep on praying for them. Keep on praying for them. Even when they get into that vehicle and they go drive, drive to J Bay or they drive to PE or, or, or what Bay West, you pray for them. Don't take things for granted. Never take things for granted. We, we, we often take things for granted and eventually we regret it and we say, hey, if only I had done that. But brothers and sisters, let's remember this year today, God's army is greater. It's greater than any army, any overwhelming situation. God's army is greater. And He is greater. For the Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 4, what? Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. God's magnificent, all-conquering army was there to rescue Elisha and his servant. Rescue them to fight for them in, here in Second Kings. <clears throat> in chapter 6. Even though no one could physically see them, God's army was fighting for them. But, you know, I love the verse in Exodus 14, 14. We know the verse. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. He will fight for you. He is always fighting for us. If God is for us, Romans 8.31, who can be against us? Eh? That is how God works. He is always fighting for us. He is always there in our times of trouble or even in our time, at every moment of our lives. God will fight our battles for us without us even having to lift a finger in our defense. Exodus 14 verse 7 says, Stand still and see, or stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will, will give you today. We all face difficulties that seem insurmountable. We often wonder how we will even get through the day. But God's heavenly spiritual resources, He's Endless supply of mercy. Oh my goodness, I tell you, I love that word mercy. Because what should happen to me doesn't. No matter how many times I've messed it up, it doesn't happen. That's mercy. We know grace is God's favor. Undeserved favor. <laughs> but but I, I tell you, that word mercy is such an amazing word. It's one of my favorite words when I think of mercy and I think of where, where the Lord has taken me and what the Lord has accomplished in my life and where he still needs to take me. It's just only because of his mercy that I'm still alive today. His endless supply of mercy. His enabling and all-sufficient grace. Oh, his grace is always sufficient because his strength is made perfect in my weakness, eh? 2 Corinthians 12, 9, huh? And his unlimited limited supply of warring angels. Unlimited. Did you hear that? Supply of warring angels are always there for us. That's why Psalm 34, verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. How many times? Does the angels of the Lord just encamp 
you and I, or surround you and I, they are always on assignment for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, in order for us to fulfill God's vision and destiny while we are alive. Even if we cannot physically see them, they are there. There are few few things as challenging to our faith as when life deals us a set of circumstances that leave us wondering, what is God up to? Have you ever wondered that? I'm sure all of us have been, hey, what what is the Lord up to now again? We are puzzled when our prayers are answered opposite of our desires. Isn't that true? So many times we pray, Lord, this, and then the Lord answers it differently. Have you ever experienced that? We are overwhelmed when nothing seems to make, se- seems to make sense and every path has no outlet. Yeah, all of us face that. Eh? You, not one of us can say we haven't. There is, m- there is a much bigger picture than you realize or understand. Just as God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours, God's purposes are broader than our ability to fully perceive. Our inability to see what is coming next does not mean that he cannot see it. He can see that. Remember that. There is no angle of our lives of which he is unaware He is aware of every angle of your life. God knows more than we do about life. And he will get us through it. There is a much bigger picture being played out than we can see. And I want to read that verse in John to you. You know, it's probably there, but I want to read it because it's always good for you to hear. Hear it as well. Jesus said, You do not realize now what I am doing. But later, you will understand. You do not realize now what I'm doing, the Lord says. But later, you will understand. What is it that you and I need to understand later? It's always a process, and the process is always painful. But we need the process in order for us to understand later. Isn't it true? Yeah, yellow man says by his still thunder. It's a bigger, much bigger picture being played out than we can see. But then finally, yeah, he wants us to develop a Christ-like, he wants us to develop a Christ-like character under pressure. Verse 23. If you are feeling pressure today, understand that these are not obstacles, but they are opportunities for you to understand, to grow, for you to hold on to him, for you to lean on him, and not on your own understanding, for you to be taught by him. And I'd rather be taught by the Lord than anybody else because he's the perfect teacher. He knows every angle of my life. He knows everything about me. And he 
will give me the direction that I need, the wisdom that I need, the understanding that I need, no matter what the situation is. Psalm 97, verse, verse 10, speaks about the Lord guarding us and delivering us along the way. It's an opportunity for him to do that. In the ancient Greco-Roman world, you must remember that in the ancient Greco-Roman world, now we're talking about that here, it was common practice to draw conclusions about a person's inner qualities based on what was reflected in his or her eyes. It is evident that there was a strong, what we would call, they call it physiognomic or physiognomic, you can, you can choose any one of the two, physiognomic consciousness. Now what is this physiognomic consciousness? In the ancient Roman world, it was the fact that a person's inner character, that's physiognomic, a person's inner character was said to be reflected in their eyes. So if you want to know somebody, if you really want to understand somebody, look into their eyes. We, were, we, have, a, we have an optometrist here this morning and I'm sure he would say, well, hey, I, I've, I've seen things already in the eyes that, I, that, 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 that boggled my mind, yes. Look into the eyes of someone. <laughs> person's, person's eyes reveals a lot of things. Just look into the eyes of someone. That's why when you talk to someone, make eye contact with them. Any person who's not prepared to make eye contact and they look down, you know, we have those people. <laughs> You wait until the person looks up, but make eye contact. It's important to make eye contact with one another. Then we will understand, you know, so many things about one another. It is evident that there was a strong physiognomy consciousness then in the Greco-Roman world and about the inner, inner person and inner character of us. Eyes were one of the keys to defining a person's character. It's still one of the keys to defining a person's character. The eye is the lamp of the body. That's what the Bible says. Isn't it true? What you focus on, what you see, affects your whole life. Do we have good eyes? A person with good eyes sees when people are hurting. Do you see when people are hurting? A person with good eyes sees where there is need. A person with good eyes wants to bless others, help them in their struggles and even in their difficulties. A person with good eyes give, will give of himself or herself. He or she considers themselves, considers how, um, how they can encourage others, according to Hebrews 10 verse 25. But those with bad eyes, <laughs> she hear that, evil eyes, are always considering things, considering things, considering the cost, what they can get out of the deal. That's bad eyesight. What can I get out of this? Eh? 
When you are focused on your own wants and desires, your whole life is plunged into darkness. It's your own desires. Your whole life is plunged into darkness. Where there is selfish ambition, everything in life is tainted and distorted. Did you hear that? You, in fact, will not see anything correctly if your, if your focus is tainted and distorted. You will not see anything correctly. <laughs> Why do we say that? <laughs> we'll not see anything <laughs> correctly. You won't see anything correctly about your wife, husband. Husband, wife, you won't see anything correctly about your husband. You won't see anything correctly about your children. You won't see anything correctly about yourself. You won't see anything correctly about others. My goodness, it's just a chain reaction. Can you see that? The light within you is no longer shining and you cannot see the way forward. Bad eyesight, right? The light within you needs to be shining. You are confused eventually. And there's no clarity. But I want to challenge us here this morning. Don't allow the convictions that once, once lit your way to keep you away from what you should be doing at this time. If you are busy stumbling and fumbling your way through life, not sure of where, of where you are going, get your focus right again. Get your focus right again. <laughs> shadows from your past, shadows of guilt, regret, failure, disappointment, often mimic your every move when you have bad eyesight, did you? When your focus is not right. And no matter how fast you run from the shadow, it is still there. Isn't that true? Unless you deal with it. Maybe you feel stuck this morning and I'm almost through. Just be, bear with me just for a few, more, for a few more minutes. Maybe you feel stuck more like a spectator of life than a participant. Maybe you feel sidelined by the issues of life this morning. I want to say to you this morning, the Lord will not waste anything. Will not waste anything of our lives. He shows us that those dark times are loaded with opportunities for growth in our spiritual journey. He sees it as a gateway to where he is taking us as he continues to open our eyes. Continue to sh as he continues to show us where we need to be going. As he continues to help us see things in a new way. The way to find life for yourself though, when we think of this and I want to conclude now, is to live for him. The way to, to find blessing is to be a blessing. And you can read Proverbs 11 verse 25. It's a good verse there for us to read. We need to be reflecting who he is to others. We need to be reflecting his truth to others. His faithfulness to others. His grace to others this morning. I ask you this morning, what is the story you want to tell to others. 
What story do we want others to remember about us? The Lord is ready to take us to where we need to be. Let's direct our focus on him this morning. Let's allow him to be part of every detail and aspect of our lives. On what are your eyes focused today? On what, I ask again, are you focused today? Let's pray together. Maybe this morning you need a refreshing touch. Maybe your eyes are focused on so many things but the Lord and these purposes for your life. Please, don't leave here today. There are intercessors and those who could counsel you today. But don't leave here with, without getting it right with the Lord today. Tomorrow might be too late. Father, we thank you for your favor and your faithfulness toward us. And Lord, you've reminded us how complex the eye is, how amazing the eye is, or how eyes are. But Lord, we focus on you today again. We look to you today. We turn to you. We lean on you today, not on our own understanding. Lord, we want to allow you to fulfill what you have started in our lives, to complete and finish this new thing that is happening in our lives. Lord, we hold nothing back this morning. We give you the opportunity to direct us to where we need to be in you right at this moment. Bless us now, Lord, and thank you again for this time here in your presence. What an honor and what a privilege it is to be here in your presence. Bless us today, Lord, and go before us as we continue this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.